ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are. Welcome. Welcome to the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Uh, of course, there's really only one thing to do. You know, I thought about what we should do. A lot of people were asking me to put out like a bonus Daniel Bryan podcast, but we got the news on Monday that Daniel Bryan would be retiring from wrestling. He said it on Twitter on Monday morning. And I, you know, I'm not going to do a, a, a podcast based on a tweet when we know he's going to address it. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to do a podcast between the time he addresses it on Twitter and he's on Raw because I don't know what's going to happen on Raw. But I think that this is a big enough deal. This is one of the bigger retirements ever in wrestling. Um, I think Daniel Bryan is one of the most important wrestlers kind of of all time in terms of uh, eras and, and, and generationally and all that stuff. I mean, I just... I think Daniel Bryan's impact simply cannot be overstated. Like you it it is as important as anyone's ever been. And I thought today for the podcast it would be a good time to just do a full on special Daniel Bryan show. Uh Katie Lindendahl is gonna join me in a little while. She's gonna talk uh about Daniel Bryan and we'll also do a state of wrestling so we can cover what's going on now and everything. But instead of bringing on a guest and we've got some great guests lined up. I thought that we could reflect a little bit on Daniel Bryan. There's a couple of interviews that I wanted to play. If you haven't heard the interview that I did with Daniel Bryan uh, a while back here on the podcast, I don't know. I don't remember which episode, maybe around episode 40-ish, you can scroll through iTunes or wherever you listen to the show, and you can find it. And I would, I would definitely give it a listen because that's when he was out of wrestling, but he was still quite sure he was coming back. Uh which is very different from what we heard on Monday. Uh, but the first time I interviewed Daniel Bryan, it was, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, something like that. He had just started growing his beard. His uh, his head was shaved. He And, and all of this was just kind of starting. Uh, it was at Ringside Fest, the Ringside Collectibles event at Caroline's. And, I mean, I had all these questions for him. I didn't even know where to begin. I'm a huge Daniel Bryan fan, and I'll get into that a little later on. But I figured I'd start with the first time I interviewed Daniel Bryan uh, before the Yes Movement or any of that had started. Uh, So here it is. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Sam Roberts here at Ringside Fest with Daniel Bryan. Daniel, what's the haps? Uh, Nothing. We're just here signing autographs. They've got some great action figures out there. They've got this uh, sweet Macho Man doll out there. I mean, it's really, really cool. So it's a a cool atmosphere. Are you worried calling them dolls at a convention like this? People take their action figures seriously here. Did I call it a doll? You just said Macho Man doll. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I don't know. Is it bad to call it a doll? I don't know either, but I need to make sure we both have the vocabulary. Well, you might have to worry about it. I don't really worry (laughs) about it. I don't think anybody's 
going to fight me here, so I yeah. think I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, you were the king of the indies for a long time. Does it surprise you that now you're here at a WWE action figure convention, of all things? Uh, it is a little bit crazy, and it's surreal to see yourself as like this miniature version of you, and yeah. especially because things are so accurate. Like I went out there, and they showed me the new Elite figure, and you just look at it with like, wow, that's actually my face on a... Uh, action figure again they're not gonna kick your ass yeah i was about to say doll but yeah Yeah. it's cool um you started on nxt the first time on wwe tv uh Uh, on one episode you did an obstacle course yes you had to run through the audience you had to run around the ring and all this stuff and then one of the stops was going to the merchandise stand and getting a coke right and chugging it uh you did really well until that (laughs) point why did you drink that soft drink so slowly i don't drink soda so if you don't drink soda carbonation is horrible yeah. Like it's like <laughs> nothing carbonate. Uh, yeah, and so I, yeah, like I was just sitting there going, "Oh my god, is this really happening?" And I thought this has to be the worst minute of TV ever. Is me sitting there trying to drink that soda? So I was thinking because you, you know, on all the other shows, it was like, okay, everything's sort of put forth for the best possible entertainment value. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, what? is behind this taking so long to drink this soda. You know what? And I have a theory because the first, me and whoever was after me, I think I was first. Uh-huh. Whoever was after me both took a long time. The next guy took uh, less amount of time. It was still long. And then they started putting less soda in there because they realized <laughs> it was like, boring. can't television. do this. And yeah. So, so yeah. Um, you were coached by The Miz on that season. Yeah. And uh, you took umbrage with The Miz being your coach, as much experience as you had. Since then, The Miz has done a lot of things. He's won the world title or the WWE title, right. uh, uh, and he's had he's had quite a career since then. Yeah. What are your feelings on the Miz today? Uh, I mean, you can't take anything away from the Miz because he works very hard yeah. and he's a very entertaining character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's good. He he works hard. You can't take anything away from the guy. But he's no Daniel Bryan. He's no Daniel Bryan. But likewise, I'm no Miz. So <laughs> you know, take that it, for what it's worth. Yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, you say you're going to cash in the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. They said the Miz wasn't ready to main event at WrestleMania last year. This year, uh, you're claiming that you are going to be main eventing WrestleMania because you have that option. Uh, people say you're not ready. How do you respond? Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm ready or not. You know, like, uh, really. You're just going to. It yeah, doesn't just, matter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Psycho Sid main evented WrestleMania <laughs> with The Undertaker. Was he ready? I don't think yeah. he was ever ready. If he's watching that. I, I, I was a huge fan, actually, but it was just very strange. Right. He was good know? at Survivor Series, yeah, but WrestleMania, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity, and I'm going to take it. All right. Well, uh, Daniel Bryan, appreciate your time, and thanks for talking. Oh, and I'd just like to invite everybody. I'm growing my beard out till wrestlemania so any males out there who would like to grow their beards out till wrestlemania i, I or females or if they females, have that yeah, ability if you have the ability i welcome you to do it women children men you're all welcome to grow beards you are you're gonna go all the way to wrestlemania way with to wrestlemania this is two months right now so we have six months more to go it'll be interesting to see what it's like in eight months a lot of people uh when they have like short hair like you they kind of keep the beard and hair length at the same i like that your hair on top is short and it just <laughs> makes your beard look even more ridiculous right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for ridiculous uh-huh. here. <laughs> well, you're succeeding so far. Good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thanks a lot, man. Uh-huh. Here is Sam Roberts. How funny is it to hear Daniel Bryan uh, talk about his beard as if it's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to grow it. I don't know. I know it looks silly. And if you find the video, there's videos of all this stuff on the YouTube channel, uh, not Sam. Uh, but if you look at the video, his beard is so tame. Compared to what it became, I mean, it's ridiculous. It looks like he's uh, ready to go to a wedding compared to what it became. It's really, really funny. Um, 
I also wanted to share before I bring in Katie and before we get to uh, really reflecting on Daniel Bryan and talking about it, uh, I thought I'd play for you uh, an interview that I haven't played on the podcast before because I didn't have a podcast when I did this interview. It was two days before WrestleMania 30. Uh, I really like this one. If you were following me on Twitter and Instagram, you saw late Monday night I posted a photo uh, of me interviewing Daniel Bryan that was used on WWE.com's um, Daniel Bryan diary, the WrestleMania diary. This is also uh, where footage was taken for, I think it was the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania WWE Network special, something like that. Uh, but this interview I did with him two days before WrestleMania 30 which to me is not one of the great moments in Daniel Bryan's career, but one of the great moments in wrestling. Uh, and I really, really value having this time. I think it's just, it's just cool to have gotten to be a part of that history because I think as years go on, we will value that more and more and more. Uh, so I figured I would share that with you uh, today on the podcast. Again, if you have already heard it or you don't want to hear an old interview, you can skip through it and hit up uh, Katie and me are going to be talking about Daniel Bryan after this. But I would give it a listen, and I really think it's cool to listen to it in the context of what we know now and reflect on it as this was a time when something was happening that we didn't think was going to happen. And really, the future was very, very bright. It felt like anything could happen, and it was an amazing, amazing thing. So here it is. This is my interview with Daniel Bryan two days, the Friday before WrestleMania 30. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Here we are at WrestleMania 30, Radio Row, Sam Roberts with Daniel Bryan. Daniel, what's the haps? Uh, not much, you know, just going around, talking to a bunch of people, everybody asking me to yell yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> my voice is already a little scratchy. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, and I've been listening to you going from table to table. Everybody's asking you to yell yes, and you have shouted out the most inane DJ names yeah. that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You have to be ready to do all that stuff. This is WWE superstar Daniel Bryan, and you're listening to DJ Quick Kick. And like, <laughs> so like, yeah. like, I don't know what that is, but yeah. at some point you have to just stop asking. Yeah, you must have very quick kicks. <laughs> they call him DJ Quick Kick. Just read whatever's on the paper. Uh, have you? Did you ever think that you would be doing a media schedule that's this rigorous? Because I've... I've You've been everywhere. I just talked to you at the press conference on Tuesday in New York. Uh, you were doing a red carpet last night. You're doing this all morning. I mean, I, I told you right before we started recording, but it really feels like they're making you work for it. Yeah, and uh, guys, when you imagine this kind of stuff when you're a kid, you don't realize that this amount of work is involved in it. You know, like it's funny because uh, the Seahawks, like for the Super Bowl, they have a press day. Right. right. It's the, okay. This is our press day. This is where you get all the stuff. And there are certain guys who, you know, have to go do a, a little bit more. But they're usually just kind of one-offs. They're not doing like this. You know, they'll do one day where they don't wake up. It's not five thirty in the morning that they're meeting in the hotel lobby and then going to do press. Right. They're like, okay, we're going to do it at a reasonable time mm -hmm. and do it for a reasonable amount of time, and you know that sort of thing. Then we're going to uh, get back on the field yeah. and practice. Right. And yeah. But uh, but this is what comes with being. Um, on the top of the mix in the WWE. Like, John Cena's been doing this for years. Yeah. And you don't ever hear him complain about it. I've never once heard John Cena say, oh, man, I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning to, to do Good Morning America. Like, he, I knew 
Tuesday morning on the day of the press conference. We didn't get to our hotel. I didn't get there till 3 a.m. Yeah, because so, we forget you were doing Raw the right, night before. Right, you were yeah. actually doing the wrestling part. Right, and John didn't get to the hotel till later and went straight from there to do Good Morning America, straight from Good Morning America to the press conference. And you, I never once did I hear him complain. I saw him in the diner the the right before we went to the press conference. He had already done Good Morning America. He didn't complain, and that's why he's John Cena. You do you do this stuff knowing that this is what comes with the job, and. Uh, if you want this job, mm-hmm. you need to be able to do it. You need to deal with idiots like me after getting no sleep or just trying to get you to say something that will get you in trouble on the Internet or something. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, the, he's, we're trying to get him to say something against Vince McMahon or whatever. You know, like, yeah. uh. So do, can you appreciate that without doing it? Like, Did you realize before this thing started what it would actually be like? Uh, no, but, I mean, you see. You know what I mean? Sometimes you see. Like, uh... For example, when Sheamus beat me for the World Heavyweight Championship, you saw how busy his schedule was. And you saw, uh, and like, you don't know until you experience it, but you see, like, okay, this is kind of what you can expect. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different lifestyle. I've seen it with Brie. Brie is busier than anybody I've ever seen, like, right now. I think she, right now she's busier than John Cena. As far as, like, because the season two of Total Divas has started, and so since November, she has not had two nights at home uh, that I that I can remember, like, since November. And plus, the Bellas have always been like, well, they're twins, so yeah. we're going to put them everywhere. Everywhere. And so, yeah, so, like, she's, and we're trying to plan a wedding. Like, yeah. our wedding is next week. And so, Brie, ha- <laughs> Brie hasn't been home for two nights in a row, and here we are for six months. She hasn't, you know, she hasn't had that time, and we're trying to plan a wedding. And it's like, <laughs> do you have a wedding planner? Are you just are you, you going to get there and be surprised? Uh, so we kind of have some people helping us. Her mom's really helping us. That like that sort of thing. But uh, but yeah, I, we don't have a, a, an actual wedding planner. That's a, that makes no sense to me. I mean, <laughs> you really should. Although I did enjoy watching the reality show Total Divas and you freaking out at the cost of the wedding invitations. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So the wedding invitations ended up – and the wedding invitations were actually my idea because we I wanted wooden wedding invitations. Of course so, you did. Yeah, so, so we got those, and they were a little more expensive than they should have been. But, you know, that's what happens. Have you been reading the articles about you? Because now you're on – like my dad called me, and he said, oh, Sports Illustrated. We had a, an article about Daniel Bryan, that wrestler. He's a vegan, huh? And, like, <laughs> Rolling Stone has an article about you now. Like, they're really kind of introducing the mainstream mainstream to you in a big way. Yeah, like, uh, I read the Rolling Stone article. I, I didn't see any, it, the Sports Illustrated one. I, uh, yeah, I, I, if people bring it to my attention, I see it. But the Rolling Stone interviewer was actually really cool because we got into a bunch of stuff that we usually don't talk about, like, I don't know if that specific interview we talked about, like, Earthship Homes, but we just talked about, like, all this different stuff that I'm into as far as, like, environmental stuff and uh, and that sort of thing. So it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, are you used to – yeah, I guess the reality show makes you used to having cameras and stuff following you around because now I guess they're making a – WrestleMania Diary or something of you because you've got a, a, an army with you. Yeah, so they're uh, they're doing a, a thing on WWE.com where they're just where they're following me around and they're uh, you know they post it every day kind of what I'm doing and they've done it in years past with Kofi I think you know and and different guys and uh, and so and this year because of the WWE Network they're also doing it with a couple of guys. Uh, 
filming so that after WrestleMania, you can the fans can see what WrestleMania is like for different guys. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what Daniel Bryan goes through during the WrestleMania week. This is what Sheamus goes through during the WrestleMania week. So uh, it's that sort of thing that's just more content for the network. Is there anything you say no to? Like, I, re- I need a break. Okay, so, like, uh, yeah, for example, um, last night they wanted to do a thing of me and Brian and just take a picture of us quickly while we were in our room, which isn't much of a big deal. Uh, but just like, okay, just think of you guys getting ready for bed. And I would have done it, but I had to get up this morning at 5 a.m. to do this. <laughs> and we didn't get out of the red carpet thing till late. And so I was just like, you know, uh, you know, no thing, like, not tonight, you know, we'll have to do it some other time. And so. do you just, once you lock yourself in your hotel room, do you start yelling profanities so you can get it all out of your system and be a person? Oh, absolutely not. No, when, when I'm alone in the hotel room, I lay down and put my head on a <laughs> pillow and I'm just like, okay. Relax, breathe, okay, just enjoy, like, just the serenity of what you have right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And at what point do you start getting mentally prepared for the match? I mean, you have at least one, possibly two matches at WrestleMania, and uh, they're the main event. At what point, psychologically, do you get into the headspace of, this is why I'm here, this is what this is going to be like, and, and getting ready for it. Well, I've been kind of mentally preparing for it since the matches were made, you know, um, and and that's the thing. You have to be able to multitask a little bit doing this job. You have to be able to do all of this, be followed around, and then still be able to take your time uh, when you're by yourself to focus on, okay, these are the things that I need to do. I need to get to the gym. I need to do this. We went kickboxing the other day, uh, and so, like, that sort of thing. And you have to be able to focus while people are following you around. Because if you can't do that, then you're not going to be able to get anything done. Right, you know. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, like I've been mentally focusing on WrestleMania for the last probably several weeks. How much of you being in the main event of WrestleMania do you think was actually simply a reaction to the crowd versus let's shift the crowd into a direction where the – you know what I mean? Like how much of it was a grand design versus – a response. Uh, I feel it's almost entirely response. Yeah. I, I feel like this was not... When they pictured WrestleMania this year, <laughs> this is not what they pictured. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's been a response to the fans. And that's one of the most powerful things about this whole thing to me is just the fans' uh, ability to affect change. And people's just ability to affect change in general, you know what I mean, is much greater than anybody thinks, you mm-hmm. know, like... We've got 7 billion people on this planet. We can change some things if we want to. Mm-hmm. Is there any, as you look forward, is there any moment that there may be like a break? Like is there any sort of like, okay, if I just get through X number of days, I have a couple days where I'm doing nothing. Or if I, because, I mean, I was going to say you wait till after WrestleMania, but then the Friday after WrestleMania is your wedding. Yeah. And then you have all your family, which will be... And plus, they're filming it for the reality show. They're filming us for the reality show. But then, after the wedding... And this is and this is something that Bree and I promised each other. We would enjoy our wedding. We would enjoy it. Okay. The wedding is not about the cameras. Mm-hmm. It's not about the people who are there. Mm-hmm. It's about us. And we need to go and enjoy our wedding. Yeah. And then after that, we actually get to go on a honeymoon. Right. Which is, I keep waiting for that phone call. That's just going to be like, <laughs> actually, we, we, we're going to need you for Raw on right. Monday, and so you can't go to your honeymoon. I've never been to Hawaii, no. and, we're, and we're going to Hawaii for the honeymoon. So I just keep anticipating that, like, I'm waiting for, I, like, uh, Friday night, I'm turning my phone off after we get married. And it's like, okay, 
I'm married. I'm going on my honeymoon, and nobody's going to cancel this for me. So, are you going to Kauai? Uh, I, I'm not going to say where we're going. Smart. Yeah. Oh, so smart. <laughs> I was just going to say because I went to Kauai, and I think you'd find it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's such we'll, a beautiful we're place. Going to an eco retreat. So we're staying. We're staying in a completely off grid bamboo uh-huh. hut. And so, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you are, that is your, your, your Daniel Bryan time. Yeah. Yeah, that's my Daniel Bryan time. There's no e-cameras following us around. There's nothing, you know, it's just me and Bree and just the ocean and just, it's going to be fun. Do you think that people's expectations for what you owe them has changed since you've done stuff like this, since you've become a main event guy, since you've done the reality show? Do people kind of feel like you owe them more and more of your personal life? Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I bring this to, up to Brie all the time because she's constantly getting on me about tweeting. Like, oh, you need to tweet more. You <laughs> know, like you're the only guy who has like a reality show and a web team following him and all this stuff that doesn't really tweet. You know, you're really not active on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not because I hate looking at my phone. I hate like you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but she, she says stuff that like that to me, and uh, and this is what I tell her. I do not live my life for the entertainment of other people. Although people are, so a lot of what we do is entertainment stuff, but that's not why I live my life. I'm, I, I can do, okay, E is following us around. I can deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, these guys are following me around for this. I'm doing media right now, but I'm not going to live my entire life to entertain other people. Mm-hmm. I have other things that I, that I need to, I, you need to live for yourself. You right. can't live for everybody else. And, and it's different if like, okay, I'm living my life to cure cancer, right? right. You know what I mean? Right. And like, and so I'm, I'm yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm going, so you, in that respect, you would be living your life to help other people. But this is not, living your life to entertain other people. Mm-hmm. That's not my goal, you know? It's just so funny, though, because there are pe- many people whose goals it is to just be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they just want a TV crew following them around, and they're constantly performing. And they're not half as successful at it as you are. <laughs> like, you're just like, all right, if you want to see what I'm doing, you could see it. And right. people just find it inherently entertaining. Yeah, and, and that's, <laughs> that's the craziest part about all this, man, is, like, if you would have asked any of my buddies that I grew up with, like, hey, would a reality show ever be interested in following Brian around? Absolutely not. Like, he's probably the most boring guy we know. It's like, as far as, like, he just likes to read and play with the dog and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, the good thing is, is that people aren't actually following except for like this sort of situation people aren't actually following me around they're following brie around who right. is mu- right. much more entertaining so that yeah that's that's better was brie bella always as echo friendly as she is now or was that something that uh you influenced her in quite a bit uh she's she's been she actually used to have an eco blog like long before i ever got with wwe she had an eco blog that she would do for the website and stuff like that but she said the fans really hated it like people, <laughs> she would get like all these negative fan re- reactions like like we don't care what you think and like all this kind of stuff and i was like wow really i was like because and and if anything she's always had that kind of consciousness um but I encourage her to to like I've encouraged her to get doing that blog again because yeah sure there may be some people who hate it but there we ha- we reach a lot of people and we have the ability to affect change and that sort of thing and uh, like uh, and, and I think it, it it's awesome if she were to do something like that but now she's just so busy I don't know if she can just find the time to do something like that because she would research the articles really thoroughly you know like uh-huh. and so you know that sort of thing and then to get all this hate mail like oh. 
we don't care about you and your eco-consciousness. Like, I, I feel so bad for wrestlers who try to do anything other than wrestling. Because, uh-huh. like, wrestling fans are just so, like, if you're a wrestling fan, you want wrestling all the time, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, and the minute you start, like, it's like, even on, like, my YouTube channel, like, if I start uploading interviews with people who aren't wrestlers, the first uh-huh. comments are always like, When's he going to be another wrestler, dude? What are you doing? Right, right, And right. she's just sitting there trying to give tips on how to save the world right, right, <laughs> and getting yeah. hate mail for it. Well, and, that's the, and that's the thing. And that's the point where you have to stop living for other people and yeah. follow your own interests. And you can't – if you listen to what people say on the Internet, like, you're, you're just not going to be happy at, at all because – and. It, I'm sure there's lots of people who like me on the internet, but I'm also sure that there's lots of people who don't like me on the internet, which is why I stay away from the internet other than, like, looking for things that I like, right? Like, oh, I'm really into Earthship Homes right now. And so, like, I go to Earthship.com and see what they're doing in Haiti and, like, all this different stuff. I'm into Cobb building. And so, like, oh, I got got these books on Cobb building and, like, all this different stuff that's going on. And not one of those people is talking about Daniel Bryan, right? Like, they're not, like, saying, oh, man, Daniel Bryan's trunks looked a little too tight (laughs) on TV on Monday. I wonder if he's eating too many cupcakes. Like, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know if anybody says that on the Internet, but, like, even if they did, I don't. I don't care. Like you know, it's but not- it's funny that like we know what. Not only is the internet driving us crazy. Uh-huh. Like when you read it, because I'll go and search out terrible things that are said about me just because. Yeah. But you also know what they're probably saying. Like I can make up just like you can exactly what they're saying. Well, and, see, and and to me, my what I just did is that that is my. Uh, interpretation of what other guys say. Oh man, this guy on Twitter said this about me, you know. And like, uh, and like, I've had guys come up to me and say something like this: Do I? Do you think I looked fat out there today? And like, I was like, No. Why? <laughs> oh, because somebody on Twitter said that you know that they thought I looked big. And I was like, Why are you? Who's the, who's the most sensitive guy in the locker room? Uh, well, I, I'm not going to reveal I didn't that. Think you I'm would. Not, yeah, I'm not going to reveal that. You have to keep some secrets. There's got like you can't have these guys who are supposed to be super tough. And, and, and I'm like, oh man, so and so is really sensitive about what somebody said. Like, on could you Twitter. imagine if you had said their names? Yeah. How bad the tweets would have gotten for them? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it would get really, really bad. So yeah. Well, uh, good luck. With WrestleMania 30 this weekend, uh, it's pretty amazing that you've gone from uh, having an eight-second loss two years ago to kind of uh, main eventing the show. Is that something? Do you are you a reflective guy? Do you sit there and think about like things in the in that context, or is it just sort of today's today? No, I'm very much a today's today type person. I feel like, and Bree and I have talked about this. We think I might be a dog. In the sense that dogs have a general memory of, like, things. Like, okay, when they see somebody, they're like, oh, yay, here's Brian, because I associate Brian with good things, yeah. right? You know? But in general, what what if you asked the dog, if you could talk to a dog, what happened yesterday? They'd be like, oh, gosh, I don't really know, you know? And so, like, uh, and we just think that based on what we know about dogs. I don't even know if that's accurate. But I, it's th- probably yeah, true. That's I my mean, interpretation of yeah. dogs. And so, uh, so I feel like I'm a lot like that. Like, I have a general idea of what has happened in my life. But if, like, specific memories, I don't have, like, I don't have pictures in my head of these things that have happened. And so it's just like, oh, wow, this is, like, 
really neat. Like today, you know, what I'm doing is really neat, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen on Sunday. Uh -huh. But you know, I don't s sit there and recall like, oh, that made me feel so bad, and now I feel so good. And like, so, so when it comes time to write your book, you're just going to go to dot com and I, e and figure out I can't imagine, where you've been. I can't imagine writing a book. Yeah. I I, just, I can't imagine it because it's it feels like I would have to do so much work to like. <laughs> to figure out wait a second what did i do when was that like yeah. all like i read jericho's book and it was such he had such detailed stories and i was like and i try to remember these like very big moments in my career or life to just retell them to Bree, and i'm just fumbling over my words and i'm like oh and a lot of these stories that i say on interviews i can tell them now because i've had to say them so many times on interviews so i've had to recreate these <laughs> stories and whether they're factually accurate or Got not it. i have no idea you know whether you have actually recreated this the, this actual event i don't know yeah. like i'm trying i'm <laughs> trying to not i'm not lying and that's the thing. I'm going in your yeah. head. Yeah, I'm. I'm not lying. I'm not making things up. But I'm just trying to tell you the best that I can recall how things happen. Now there are times that I just outright lie, and that is. And those are typically stories about the Ryback. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, uh, good luck, WrestleMania 30. Uh, we got to release you to the other interviews, but uh, uh, I appreciate you being here. And before you go, please give a shout out to DJ Quick Kicks. And Sammy Sam Roberts and yell yes several times and, and do it. I'd, li I'd like to I'd like to give a shout out to DJ Quang. Yeah, I heard you over there and you were like, uh, could you please say she's so ratchet? <laughs> yes, whatever you say. Yeah, she's so ratchet. And I'm DJ like, Quang is so ratchet yeah, right I now. I don't, he's so ratchet right now. I don't even know what that means. I could have been saying a cuss word in a different language right. and I wouldn't have known. And like, it probably offended a lot of people. But I guess <laughs> I, that's what they want out of these things. They want you to offend people somewhere. So. Keep getting that chingle chingle, yeah. you know? <laughs> chingle chingle, yo. You're a role model. Thank you, uh, Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> Here is Sam Roberts. Before I bring uh, Katie Linendahl in to talk... Everything Daniel Bryan. Uh, don't forget about this company. This company that brought you Grand Theft Auto, Borderlands, Bioshock, and my favorite game, WWE 2K16. Uh, they've uh, brought forth a whole new comic universe called the Double Take Universe. And they're doing it in ways you never thought possible. Instead of selling one rinky-dink comic book, they sell them in ten packs. And their first set of stories... Uh, it, it takes place in a world established by the 1968 cult classic Night of the Living Dead. That's when zombie stories were real zombie stories. Not this sort of soap opera that we're pretending is a zombie show. Night of the Living Dead. Real zombie stuff. And Double Take is telling new stories starring new characters that you will love, assuming you love the classic film. And even if you've never seen it before, if you're just a zombie guy. Or a comic book guy, because uh, as I said, they're selling them in packs of 10. And uh, what that means is you get to live out an entire story, and you, they don't just keep gouging you for more and more money. If you think that that's a good deal, I haven't even told you what the price is. Wait till you hear. Free. The first 10 issues. Free. You go to DoubleTakeUniverse.com. And you can read the first 10 issues online for free. And they have an amazing presentation as far as their digital comic book goes. Uh, wait till you find out. If you have the uh, code SAM, if you're a listener to this show and you use the promo code SAM, you can get the second 10 issues for free. That's right. Because you listen to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, you can get 
all 20 of the first issues of, uh, of the Double Take Universe's zombie story by going to DoubleTakeUniverse.com and entering the code SAM, 20 comic books, right there. You can always get the physical copies if you want to. The first and second issue super packs are available at uh, local comic shops, Barnes & Nobles, GoHastings.com, or MidtownComics.com. It's like 20 bucks uh, for each 10-pack. It's a pretty good deal. The uh, third 10-pack is coming out February 24th. So by February 24th, make sure you're all caught up. Go to DoubleTakeUniverse.com, read the first 10 comics for free, then enter code SAM, S-A-M, and get the second 10 comics for free. It's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It's what I spend my time doing. Uh, Now, we all spent our time watching Daniel Bryan's Farewell on Monday Night Raw this week. We uh, just listened to some of the classic interviews that I've done with him. And I'm now joined by Miss Katie Linendahl. I don't think that's your music, Katie. It's a very sad day. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't. It's for the Ugooly. Do you usually play a, a remix version of Flight of the Valkyries? When I at work out. Ugooly's? Oh, oh, oh. You know, Daniel Bryan is a very, very important wrestler. Hands down. I'll tell you, when I first saw Daniel Bryan live, I was aware of Bryan Danielson for a long time. And I saw him live at a Ring of Honor show. It was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, and he was wrestling Nigel McGuinness. And my wife has been to a lot of wrestling shows. She's watched a lot of wrestling. She's not a wrestling fan. She pretends she's a wrestling fan for my yeah, sake. Yeah, but she knows a lot. But she's not a wrestling fan. She doesn't like it. If I wasn't she's around, amazing. she wouldn't be watching it. However, I take her to this show, and we're sitting there, and we're watching, and the Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness match is the first time that Jess looked at me and said, wow, that was a really good match. <laughs> it was it was an the match was so good. It was able to take somebody that wasn't a wrestling fan. A non wrestling fan gets entertained by the promos, the entrances, the pyro, the pizzazz, the flash. It was the first time I'd ever experienced just a match, straight up match, no crazy stunts. No tables, no ladders, just a wrestling match, bringing in a non-wrestling fan and going, no, 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 it wasn't the entrances, it wasn't the tights, it wasn't the this, it was the match, and it was the way it was pulled off. Um, And that was when I was like, I knew, but that was when it was made clear to me that uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, is completely different from anybody else working anywhere. And he is, and he was, and, and... you know, there there aren't – there isn't anybody that I look at now at the moment and say, yeah, he's got a Daniel Bryan quality. Because as we go forward, now that Daniel Bryan is retired, as we go forward, that is going to become a thing. It is going to be a thing where you're looking for somebody with a Daniel Bryan quality that didn't exist. And this is this is what I talk about when I say – you know, saying so-and-so is the next Shawn Michaels, the next Stone Cold. It's like there is no next because there wasn't a Stone Cold before Stone Cold. There wasn't a Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels. And there wasn't a Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan. But we will now be looking for that next guy. I don't I don't think it's ever going to come. I think he was too uh, unique of a talent. And I think to your point, too, there's a lot of factors that went into that formula that were so unique. Mm-hmm. Not just the move set and bringing in that audience that's not even per se a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. but 
the universe behind him, letting go, then getting brought back, then all the yes hype. There were so many different things in his equation that made just such a successful, rare formula. It's a great the size. Yeah, it's a great story because literally throughout, he everything was supposed to not go his way. Like when he started wrestling, it was never assumed he would go to WWE. If he didn't come out in this era, do you think he would have been as successful? Yes, because he wasn't successful for this era. This, it doesn't have anything to do with this. He is the reason this era is doing this. There wasn't anybody Daniel Ooh. Bryan's size. But before Daniel Bryan, the small guys were Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And those guys are 6'2", 230, 215, whatever it is. Daniel Bryan's 5'8", 190. Like, there wouldn't be a Neville. There wouldn't be uh, any of these guys that are person-sized. And Neville is a big dude because he's all muscular and stuff. But there wouldn't be... Person size. You look at NXT. Every most of the people at NXT are the size of a person, not the size of a wrestler. It's different. That's why when the Ascension came over to the main roster, it was a little weird because they look like monsters at NXT. Because in NXT, it's people size people, and on the main roster, it's more wrestler size people. But I mean, Daniel Bryan came in an era where it was there weren't other Daniel Bryans around. So I. Couldn't even say it's because of the era. I think he would have been just – I think he is maybe one of the only talents that could have made it in literally any era. And that's because he wasn't supposed to make it in this era at any point. But we have to agree that the universe is the ones that put him over completely. Well, I mean that – and that would I mean, have happened – he even said that. That would have happened anywhere. That's why he would have been successful. What but, do you think was the ultimate – pushover for him though that really put him over it wasn't one thing i mean it's it's the whole career that you have to you have to look from the beginning so he's this guy but you could argue that for a lot of indie wrestlers that have had you know that had to make it and had not had he's had a challenging start to finish obviously you could argue that for so many no but no but nobody that's made it that's the point that is but that's my question that he's better than all of them i mean he's just you're just saying skill wise hands down yeah, I mean, he's – well, no, because you could say that about a lot of people and you could tell a story. But we're specifically talking about his story about the fact that, like, that's why it's a special story and one worth telling and one that applies to people outside of wrestling. And and the reason he's so relatable and the longer he did it, he became relatable is because usually even if you start out like, oh, I'll never make it and then you make it, once you make it, the road is a little easier for you, right? It's not like – once you make it, you still are getting roadblocked. That's true. Every single place that you go. And Daniel Bryan got to a point where – so he's starting out and he's never supposed to be – he's this kid from Aberdeen, Washington. He's not supposed to be the king of the indies somehow. And, and, and he's not this person that goes out there trying to be world famous. No. He just loves wrestling. And so he wants to be really good at wrestling. And that's not generally, even in wrestling, that's not a recipe that makes for mainstream stars. You know what I mean? Like they always have a character. They, there's something about it where they, they want to – they don't just want to wrestle good matches. But that's really all he ever did. Um, and so the idea that he was able to achieve as much as he was in the indies made it so the WWE couldn't ignore him because – he he was built to – they would have – otherwise they would have wanted to ignore him and say he's an indie guy. He's a small guy. He's over there because this is – all half the roster now, 
Kevin Owens doesn't exist without Daniel Bryan. Dean Ambrose doesn't exist without Daniel Bryan. Samoa Joe probably doesn't exist without Daniel Bryan in WWE. All these guys that are quote-unquote indie guys probably don't exist without Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles is not in WWE today without Daniel Bryan. You know, they would all have careers, but they would not have WWE careers, I don't think, without Daniel Bryan because somehow he manages to be arguably and arguably whatever you want to say, the top guy in the indies. WWE can't ignore him, so they bring him in and don't really know what to do with him. Not dissimilarly to what happened with CM Punk. Um, They bring him in and don't know what to do with him. So they just kind of put him on NXT when it was a reality show, not when it was what we know it is today, and kind of goof on him, and they put him with The Miz, and they, they don't it, – it's, it's apparent that they don't really know what to do with him. And you heard that a little bit in the interview I did with him when we were talking about being on the NXT reality show. Then he gets fired. As soon as he makes it to the main roster, his first night on the main roster, he gets fired for choking Justin Roberts with Justin Roberts' tie. And, you know, because they have a zero-tolerance policy, but – What that goes to show you is that they also didn't really value Daniel Bryan all that much at that time because you don't fire somebody that quickly for that reason. And from all reports, they legit fired him. They did not plan on bringing him back because they did not have high hopes for Daniel Bryan. They didn't know. He was just a guy with a whole bunch of indie buzz that they signed. Then they fire him, and they can't go anywhere without uh, – People chanting Daniel Bryan. So finally they go, okay, we need a surprise at SummerSlam. We'll bring him back. And they bring him back. And he had an, a, a, a good showing, a decent showing at that SummerSlam that year. That was when it was Team WWE versus Team Nexus. But still, they really didn't do anything with him after that. He beat The Miz for the U.S. title. And he just kind of held it. He was just kind of babyface wrestler Daniel Bryan. And and at that time, a lot of mainstream wrestling fans, not a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, but the people who just watch Raw on Monday were being like, who's the boring guy with the maroon tights? You know, because he didn't – the WWE saw that. The WWE fans saw that. And, I mean, I think – I think when he turned heel, to answer your question, to what was really – when he turned heel and won the world title – and got to be a main guy on SmackDown, because that was the same time that he came out with the Yes chant as a heel. He started using the Yes chant as a bad guy because he was too excited about winning his matches by disqualification or whatever. (laughs) And so so he develops this Yes chant, and all of a—and maybe not all of a sudden, but for a lot of people it was all of a sudden, he's funny. And he's entertaining, and he's hilarious. And then you start recognizing, so this dude who's entertaining me, and that's when he gets paired up with A.J. Lee, and they kind of go to the moon. And in that moment, the fans start to really get behind him. And they're like, okay, we like this guy. This guy's entertaining. This guy's fun to watch. He's doing great as a bad guy. This is what we want. And what happens, do you remember what happened at the peak of that moment? If I remember correctly in the timeline, so after A.J., it was Team Hell No, wasn't it, after that? No, you're missing... Missing a big chunk? Yeah, he got kicked in the face and lost his title in eight seconds in the opening match of WrestleMania. Sheamus kicked him in the face and beat him in eight seconds. And it's like... Right. And that's right. that's the when the fans start going like, what happened? We were behind that guy. 
We liked what he was doing. We're not so mad that he lost. We're mad that he lost to Sheamus, and we're mad that it happened in eight seconds. Like, what are you doing? And that's the first time that, as far as Daniel Bryan goes, WWE was like, whoa, what's going on here? And and that story of, like, Daniel Bryan is the truest underdog in any sense of the form in pro wrestling because he's undersized, because he's consistently been underutilized, and because people in higher positions in WWE didn't see any value in him until it was almost too late. Because even his going to WrestleMania, I mean, the reason he was in the main event of WrestleMania 30 was, again, they didn't see that for him. They didn't see him as their guy who closes WrestleMania holding the title. They saw him as a guy. Do you know who he was supposed to wrestle at WrestleMania 30? Dude, my brain doesn't work like yours. Sheamus. Sheamus. WWE was just obsessed with doing Sheamus-Daniel Bryan matches at WrestleMania. That's it. They were going to have him wrestle Sheamus. I mean, Rey Mysterio is one of the most beloved good guy wrestlers of all time. There's very few people that are just universally loved by fans like Rey Mysterio. People were so disappointed that year at the Royal Rumble that when Rey Mysterio Jr. came out at number 30, he got booed out of the building. It's the only time I've ever seen Rey Mysterio get booed out of a building. It was the craziest thing ever. because And he and Daniel Bryan wasn't even announced. He had just I lost a match to Bray Wyatt at the opening of the pay-per-view. And people were so convinced that, of course, well, he must have lost because he's going to be a mystery entrant. And Rey Mysterio comes out and he gets booed out of the building. I mean, I don't think WWE knew what hit them at that point. And Daniel Bryan just shows up like, look, I'm just going out there. You guys are not giving me much a lot of the time. But I'm going out there and doing as much as I possibly can with whatever little I'm given. Team Hell No is a great example, Katie. You bring up Team Hell No. That's the thing where it's like, okay, we're just going to put you and Kane together, right? And Kane at this point has been in the company for 15 years or whatever it is. And what happens? Daniel Bryan and Kane get together and they put on the top segments on the show. Like after every Raw, were you not sitting there after every Raw in the Team Hell No era going like that was the highlight of Raw when Team Hell No either had to do a hug skit or an anger management thing or came out (laughs) or whatever it was. You know, and, and, and he just was able to fit in to so many different molds for a guy that had so much against him to just be able to excel. Because generally what happens to people is when they get walls put up in front of them, you get annoyed, you get jaded, you get, you're over it. Like, I don't want to keep trying because they keep putting walls up in front of me. But for whatever reason, he just decided to go out there and wrestle. He just decided to go out there and say, okay, if I got two minutes, then I'm going to make the most of it. And he did. And that goes all the way back to being the only guy to be at this Ring of Honor show and impress my then-girlfriend, now-wife enough to say that was a good match. Because he's doing something so different that maybe... And that, that, that's what's so special about him, Katie. That there wasn't an X factor. That thing that you're saying, so what is it? It isn't anything. It's just him. It's just him as a performer. Like, I don't know why 
if I if I'm not a wrestling fan, I don't know why I like his matches and I don't like anybody else's matches. But I like his matches. I don't know what it is. Something about the way he does his thing, something about who he is, something about who he portrays himself, how he portrays himself, makes it special. And, you know, I think about a lot because I was in New Orleans. A lot of people were for WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan won the heavyweight championship. And I've just never seen a moment like that in wrestling that was just so poetic. Like it was... It was perfect. And I, you know, a lot of people get disappointed. Like, how do you feel, Katie, about the fact that Daniel Bryan has this moment where he wins the world title and he never really had a run as the guy on top? Yeah, it's probably the most disappointing part of it all. See, I think about that a lot. And I've been thinking about that a lot because you go back to when he won, to when he beat John Cena clean at SummerSlam when Randy Orton cashed in on him. And that was this moment when Daniel Bryan, you could have just let Daniel Bryan be the champion at that time because he was the top guy. Uh, And you didn't. And you could have said, well, if they just given him the title at SummerSlam, he could have held it through WrestleMania and we would have at least had something. But I wonder, because that moment doesn't exist anywhere else, you know, you, you can't manufacture that Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 moment. It just, you can't. Everybody knew it was it, it was the most organic build of a heavyweight champion of all time. There's never been a more organic build in the sense that you can't get more organic than this wasn't the company's plan at all. And everybody in the building knows it. And we've everybody in the building knows that it wasn't the company's plan to the extent that we've now had to make it part of the storyline that it wasn't part of the company's plan. That's how known it is that it wasn't part of our plan. So I wonder if it's not better to just let that moment live in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Like it remains unaffected as like this was it. This was just the one moment. He could have had a – who knows? He could have had a great title run after that. He could have had a title run that was lackluster. And then, you know, if he has a lackluster title run after that just because – you know, it's weird uh, It's weird timing or it's weird opponents or just things aren't working, then maybe that night becomes not as special because it didn't work. It's a fair point. But the That's fact, a positive way to look at it. You know, the fact that we don't know whether or not it would have worked, for sure. We think it would have worked. But the fact that that lives in our heads, that that would have been the greatest title run of all time. The fact that that remains an unknown, I think, makes that one WrestleMania 30 closing the show moment. He he hugs Connor, who's like dying of cancer there. You know, the streamers are coming down. Like everything just clicks in in that moment. And because we really don't have follow-up to it, it almost makes the moment more special, I think, if that makes sense. It's like a true culmination of, of being on top and, and walking away. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. And I think that's the way it's going to be remembered, you know, because... Even if not by choice. After that match... You know, he did wrestle at the next pay-per-view, I think, against Kane, and he had a couple of other things. Then he went away for a while, then he came back, and he did the la- he did, he did the thing with the Wyatts mm-hmm. where he put the jumpsuit on uh, and got another concussion. He, uh, he did the ladder match at WrestleMania 31, which was great, and he won the Intercontinental title and had to forfeit that. But I think that Daniel Bryan's career will always be thought of as ending at WrestleMania 30. Agree. 
and I think the last two years of him kind of sporadically wrestling and, and doing significant things, I just don't think that uh, that they'll in in the when when the story's told, I think they might be an asterisk or something, but I don't think that it'll be. I don't think it'll be a part of it. Um, what do you think of the whole thing, KT? I've I've said my piece. I feel like that was well done. Thanks. And I think everybody's in the same boat. Obviously, right? It's intense. Right, right. I uh, I was watching along just like everybody else. I think it speaks volumes too, and not just on a production side, but you know, when you work in TV or any media for that matter, and you're sitting in the control room, and after especially having a seven year run cumulatively at ESPN, you're sitting there, and if you're thirty seconds over on any program. People are freaking out in the control room. Mm-hmm. The fact that they let it run about 20, 25 <laughs> minutes. Long. No, and I mean this in like such a positive light. Uh-huh. That I was really impressed they didn't pull like some tasteless Oscars move. They just pull they, uh, just uh, Dana Ryan's music comes on. <laughs> like, you're done. Yeah, oh, Wrap it up. Yeah, USA has always been good about the overtime like that, but especially. That was extensive. That was very extensive. And then they kept going. Uh, they kept going after online and on the network. Uh but I also think it paves volume or speaks volumes in paving the way for, like you said earlier, in the beginning of your soliloquy, mm-hmm. that it leaves more opportunity for others to fall in that path, not to be cheesy. Yeah, I mean it does. I just don't. I think, I think that the takeaway from that, because you're right, people will try to follow in that path. It's not going to emulate it a hundred percent. The takeaway from that needs to be that people need to build their own paths. Like that's I and, and and it's a weird thing that always happens. It's very like, New Day esque. Like when somebody comes, well, yeah, they maybe felt, they to did a, their own thing. Yeah, I mean, to a lesser extent, but when somebody when somebody builds their own path, right? People always think to themselves, "Oh, great, now there's a new path to follow." Instead of like, which is not emulating the guy that that built the path. Emulating the guy that built the path is figuring out how you can build your own path. No, so, but I, th- I think that if another – to your point about, like, smaller guys coming in there and now being possible and actually being considered, that's opened up. Yeah, it certainly has. It definitely has. And if anything, it's like whatever people think of now is not being applicable to a mainstream product. If it's the right person doing it the right way, you can never say that anymore. You know, you just you, – you can't. Um, I was just like everybody watching it though. Hoping beyond hope. And I was talking to you about it uh, on Monday afternoon before it happened. I was <laughs> like, all I wanted was Kevin Owens to powerbomb him on the turnbuckles and be like, oh, I would have felt. Even if he had done this exact same, that emotional speech where he had the audience crying. At the end of it, if Kevin Owens had powerbombed him on a turnbuckle, I don't think anyone in that building uh, could have possibly been happier. Um Granted, that would then assume that some of the things he was saying weren't true. Uh, if they, being that they are true, I wouldn't want <laughs> Daniel Bryan to get powerbombed. But well, can we go back in that timeline too? Because I feel like we've been talking about this for so many months. And yeah. you're to, to there was so much conviction in your thought that he would return. With the conviction in my thought was in the conviction in his thought. All I was doing was repeating what he said. I mean, this was this was the biggest thing that like he. Just got these results maybe I, I've heard a week ago of a new test because he's been on the podcast. Go, I think it was like episode 40, which was whatever, four months ago. Go back to episode 40 or so when his book came out. And around that time, 
He's been injured for months. And he's saying, I'm going to wrestle again. I mean, for months, he's been saying, I'm going to wrestle again. He's been saying, my doctors have cleared me. He hasn't been making any secrets about it. He's been saying, my doctors have cleared me. WWE won't let me back in. Do you know the whole backstory with his downside and trying to get out of his contract and, and the confusion with WWE? Is there any truth to that that you know of? I mean, I don't know. I've heard that he uh, did try to get his con. Yeah, I've heard that he tried to get his release and they didn't give it to him. Um, but that was not this week. From to, I've heard, and it's all rumors and speculation. So right. you know, you can't you can't take this to the bank. But from what I've heard. He did try to ask for his release, but the reason he was asking for his release is because he wanted to wrestle somewhere else. So do you think ultimately it it came down to a legality and this was a WWE call? No. 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 Because he wouldn't – no. He would have just not gone out there. I mean you can't force him to go out there. He's not going to go out there and do a bullshit retirement because it's in his contract and that he would have waited until his contract expired and then wrestled somewhere else. I think what happened is he got more testing done. And doctors came to him and said, look, here's exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. This wasn't caught before, but this is the problem. And, I mean, he said, as soon as he said in his speech last night, whatever he said in the beginning, he was wrestling since he was 18, and in the first month he got three concussions, I think oh is what he gosh, said. It's so bad. Like, once that happens, it's like, we didn't know then what we know now. You can't keep going with concussions like that. You just can't. And for every concussion you get, you get more prone to concussions. There's no reason to even remotely take a chance. I mean, he said that when – do you remember the match uh, when he was doing the Wyatt thing and he had the Wyatt jumpsuit on and it was a cage match and he was one of the Wyatt guys and he ended up taking the jumpsuit off and he beat up all the Wyatts and then he got up on the top of the cage and started doing yes, yes, yes mm-hmm. and the whole mm-hmm. crowd ended and it was a beautiful moment. He has said in interviews he doesn't remember it. Because he got a concussion during the match and was just on autopilot and left the match going, I don't know what just happened out there. So you can't you can't mess around with that stuff. So I, I think what happened was I don't think that it has anything to do with legalities. I think if it was a legal thing, he would go in the ring and say my WWE career is over because WWE cannot stop him from wrestling for the rest of his life. Nobody can sign that in. They can't. They can stop him from wrestling while he's under contract with them. So if he was going to wrestle again once his contract was up, he would have announced that he was his WWE career was over. But that's not what he said. He said tomorrow on Monday, he said tomorrow I'm not going to be a wrestler anymore. So then is the play moving forward to keep him involved and like, gosh. What's this, what's this? I mean, there, I don't think he will. You know, he got the edge haircut, the edge I'm retiring now haircut. Um, I think that he's not doing anything anymore. He could be back, but I would not be surprised if he doesn't want to be back. You know, this is a guy who all he does is wrestle. All he wants to do is wrestle. All he's ever wanted to do is be a wrestler. And, you know, for some people, just being around it is not – good enough, maybe not healthy, maybe if all you want to do is wrestle and you're sitting there doing commentary or whatever it is that you're doing, watching other people do what you want to do, you know, he's made his money. He doesn't need to do that. I bet you he doesn't even find it that inspiring to go be 
judging tough enough or I mean, I, I mean, kill you to be doing he probably that. never did. But but yeah, I mean, I don't I I wouldn't be surprised if he does not pop up in a non wrestling role. Uh, you know, same with same thing that happened with Edge. Edge is a young guy. You know, he has to retire due to injury right at the peak. And he goes away. You know, he's come back and done some stuff since, but it's been years later. And it's really been minimal. Maybe in five years, Daniel Bryan will have a WWE Network show. I don't know. But right now, he's probably dealing with the fact that he can't wrestle anymore. I mean, can you imagine being like... That, to me, is the toughest thing. Because at least when you're sitting at home, you can tell yourself, oh, I'll be back. Oh, wait till I come back. I'll be there. And you've got this light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Even if they're telling you. Because as far as we know, WWE is telling him, look, dude, we're not clearing you. And he's like, oh, no, they will. And he's got this light at the end of the tunnel. His speech on Raw this week made it very clear that there is no light at the end of the tunnel. He is not wrestling anymore. Can we go back to the fact that you thought it was going to be a work? Well, I didn't think. I hoped it was going to be a work. I didn't think. Once once the tweet went out and there were you, videos you didn't sent think out. after he went to mainstream media how many bridges they could have burned if they would have done a false announcement? I mean, it's, it's not like it would be the first time they did a false announcement and media that got tricked. Been, it would have been great. It's wrestling. To you, that would have been great. To, it's wrestling. I mean, like, what is the media going to be like? You said he's retiring. They're like, yeah, did you not realize that it was a pro wrestling thing? Like, I don't think. And, and you know, I mean, the media is acting in self-interest. It's like TMZ knows that they get more clicks on wrestling articles than they do X, Y, and Z. So I don't think, I don't think the media could really be mad if they got hoodwinked by a pro wrestling thing. It would thing. never continue to cover. No way if I was producing and I was going to say, I wouldn't take them at face value. How could you now? I mean, it's wrestling. You're because not supposed to take it at face value. Because now you've entered into an value. era where they're coming on SportsCenter and having regular segments. Yeah, I guess, but SportsCenter's covering it like, oh, did you see that move? I mean, the SportsCenter stuff is, is not great. I mean, it's good for WWE, but I don't know why ESPN is doing it. Like, they they put together these packages where it's like they're displaying moves as if they're like, like, they're talking about it like it's sports, which doesn't make any sense. But so was the mainstream media talking about his retirement. Well, he's actually, like every, reti- he's actually retiring. It was like but, trending for, what, two days straight? Well, no, like, yeah, straight 24 hours. It's crazy. It was trending. But they don't talk, I mean, yeah, I mean, ESPN is a whole other thing because they don't, when they cover wrestling, they don't talk about it like it's pro wrestling. They talk about it like it's a sport, which is different from what pro wrestling is. I think pro wrestling needs to be covered like pro wrestling. It's It's totally unique and an entity into and of itself. But that said, when Daniel Bryan goes on Twitter and says, I'm going to announce my retirement, and you pick up on it because it's a story, you're picking up on the fact that he announced it. Now, if, if it turns out not to be true... <laughs> that would have been really bad. It's pro wrestling. And, and, and guess what? You and I differ on this It one. would have been an even bigger story if it wasn't true. And all the media... Because they know... I mean, the media is... It's, just, it's not like there's all this integrity in the media. It's just a money grab. It's a business. So it's like they would know that people are going to – they're like, oh, look at all these clicks we got on the Daniel Bryan thing. If we play his powerbomb video, we'll get at that many clicks again. So let's do that. Would have been, I mean, I would have thought it was amazing. But I think most wrestling fans would have thought it was amazing. Well, and we are all in hope at the end of his speech when he said, but not tonight. I still got one more – what did he say? I got he one goes, more of me. He goes, not, well, he goes, not tonight because he, he said tomorrow I'm not going to be a wrestler. But that's not tonight. And I go – is he wrestling tonight? <laughs> it's like, no, he's just doing a yes chant, Sam. Relax. <laughs> I believe um, you stopped your program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the air. Did you, uh, so when this happened with Edge, it happened the night after WrestleMania. 
the year after that, so the next Hall of Fame ceremony available, Edge went into the WWE Hall of Fame. Very young to go into the Hall of Fame, but it was made very clear due to injury that he would never wrestle again. A lot of people are raising questions of when Daniel Bryan goes into the Hall of Fame. So far, all we know about the Hall of Fame is Sting is going in. When do you see Daniel Bryan going into the Hall of Fame? This year. You do? Yeah. I do not. Because it's Dallas. What does that have to do with it? I just think they're trying to make it a... I, I know before they were going to try to break the record in attendance and make it a big fanfare, and, but that's not happening anymore. I still think it's going to be a huge spectacle. I, yeah. I still feel like there's a lot of slots that need to be filled, and that could be a good one. Yeah, but it's not... I mean, don't you think that that's a headlining sp- slot? I think they're in need of a few more headlining slots right now. Well, no, I mean, the Hall of Fame has one headlining slot. It's Hall of Fame. Oh, it's you're, not... saying, you're saying just Hall of Fame in general? Well, yeah, because you're putting Daniel I Bryan in the saying. Hall of Fame. Well... And they didn't see that, obviously. Now we're going to have a... Right. So, I mean, Sting's what, you already... See, what, you think two years? He's not going to take over Sting's spot now. Next year? Drive, I mean, ride it out? I don't even know if it'll be next year. Because I would think next year will go to The Undertaker. Unless they wait another year. They could go Sting this year, Daniel Bryan next year, Undertaker the year after that. That would make sense. The only sense I see in doing it this year, though, is it's so relevant. It's it so... is very relevant. You're right. Um, but I just don't think, I, number one, I've never liked that rush. Like, I feel like you can, WWE knows how to make things relevant again. You know what I mean? They can. They're so, all you have to do is throw, bring Daniel Bryan out to cut a promo, throw on a Daniel Bryan retrospective package, and we all remember that magical WrestleMania 30 moment. I mean, that WrestleMania 30 moment, to me, is going to live the same way Hogan Andre lives, Hogan Warrior yeah. lives. Like, that's going to be one of those forever moments. You the know? only thing I would say, though, is the love of mainstream media over there. They have a much better hook right now. So you think that they'll put Daniel Bryan in because they it's know that, that TMZ and ESPN will pick up on it. And other sources. Yeah. Because it, people know about it right now. Yeah. That's true. I mean— they do like to strike while the iron's hot. I feel hot. like maybe Sting is so different than Daniel Bryan that it's not going to. Who headlines? I mean, it's it's like it's it's that's what it is. It's who it's 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 headlining. And honestly, Daniel Bryan. Period. Right. And, but you could now you've wasted Sting as a headliner then. No. Because you've only got so many headliners. Like there's a limited amount of headline Hall of Fame induction people. You can't just make someone a Hall of Famer. That's where, like, the Hall of Fame is different. Because for WrestleMania, if the whole roster gets injured, then they've got a month to make a star. They can make a headliner. For the Hall of Fame, you can't make a headliner. There's a finite number of headliners. We know Coco Beware is not a headliner. You can't convince me that, you know, whoever... Hercules Hernandez. You can't convince me that Hercules Hernandez is a headliner going into the Hall of Fame. It can't be done. So, I mean, so. There's still a chance. You think so? You're a Hercules Hernandez person, I know. <laughs> so, I think that, like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, like Tatanka. Not a headline. Hey, Hall now. of Fame entrant. I know. I know, but we, that, th- I bring him up. Because I want to live in the reality of the situation. It's like if we use Daniel Bryan and Sting in one shot. And then we're just left with Tatanka next year. No, Undertaker next year. Okay. I and, just, and then Doink the Clown the following year. Right. 
All of them. So. And Dink. He could be up there, too. I'm giving you options. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't, it could go either way. Because you're right about the media thing. Like, that is the benefit of it, that they could get more media because people are covering this Daniel Bryan thing like crazy. But. And I also think it's a relevant year for concussions with, with Hollywood. Very true. Very, very true. I know if Daniel Bryan had returned this year, Will Smith, Dr. Will Smith would have been very upset. Very. Um, you're very right about the concussion thing. That's a great point. So it's possible. I just, I, I feel like I wouldn't want to. Who sp- inducts him? Daniel Bryan, I guess. Uh, hmm, that's a great question. You know, he would pick, obviously. But, like, who would we want to see inducting him? You know, a lot of people might say it would be great to see CM Punk induct him. It wow. would never happen, but it'd be amazing. Wouldn't that? I mean, there you go. If you can, if next then year, you just, you just tell Sting got hurt and he can't make it to the stage, right. and he's going to be up next year. Right. <laughs> if next year you can get Daniel Bryan inducted by CM Punk, I mean, then forget it. Um, never happen. I mean, Brie Bella could do it. That was my first thought. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I think that would not be great. Um, I don't think that's everybody's top choice. No, I, who wants to? You don't want to have your wife induct you into the Hall of Fame. That's ridiculous. Hey, no. Uh, but hmm, I mean, like the, you're talking about a guy with a huge career. Like you know, I don't know. You you can go back because you could say any. There's a lot of Ring of Honor guys that could do it. I guess Shawn Michaels would be the pick. Shawn Michaels trained him. Right. Shawn Michaels is a headline guy. I think Shawn Michaels would probably be the pick. You could make arguments for Nigel McGuinness, as I said earlier, coming in and doing it. You could have Samoa Joe do it. You could make that argument. Obviously, CM Punk is a choice. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a there's a you could have Gabe Sapolsky go in and do it. But um, Kane, Kane maybe either Kane Ooh. or Shawn Michaels probably. Yeah, either Kane or Shawn, because who else really? Those are strong. Yeah. I would I would say either Kane or Sean inducts him. Uh, yeah, I I mean I feel like I would sacrifice the media and induct him next year, but I'm also mm. thinking more about wrestling fans than anyone else. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, no more of my uh, fantasy bookings of Daniel Bryan returning. It was like a reoccurring segment every three. I weeks. know. I was like, kind I don't want to keep having it. this conversation. Man. I wonder if uh, if Nikki is going to keep doing the Daniel Bryan kicks. I mean, uh, Brie, if Brie Bella is going to keep doing the Daniel Bryan kicks. Why not? Because half the time she's supposed to be a bad guy. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really weird. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess, is there anything else you think about Daniel Bryan? I had a whole list here. I feel like you you just did such a good job. Well, I, I mean. He was strong. Daniel Bryan, like I said. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Obviously, anybody who listens to this podcast knows he's one of my absolute favorite wrestlers ever, 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 ever. You know, and 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 watching, and not only because he just did not put on boring matches, but just the story. The Daniel Bryan story can easily be translated to any individual, any profession, any whatever you want to do. Uh, uh, and, and, and there's so much we won't see. That's the real bummer. Like everybody still wants that Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania match. Everyone, everybody still wants the Nakamura, Daniel Bryan match. 
Daniel Bryan tweeted, this is how short, this is, this is what a light at the end of the tunnel Daniel Bryan had. Daniel Bryan, when, when rumors circulated that Nakamura was getting signed, Daniel Bryan tweeted out that he wanted to have a match with Nakamura in WWE. It's huge. And it's like, we're never going to get to see that stuff. And that's, the, that's a real bummer. And, and, you know, I mean, he'll be one of those guys, I would think. Like, now, I feel like the top fantasy match guy is Macho Man Randy Savage. In terms of, like, oh, I'd love to see this guy fight Macho Man. I'd love to see that guy fight Macho Man. It's just never going to happen. Uh, I think Daniel Bryan is going to be put into that category. Absolutely. You know, there's not that many people there that you really actively talk about it a lot, either because they wrestled everybody or because, you know, just pairings don't excite you like that about them. But I think Daniel Bryan goes into that macho man category of putting him in fantasy matches all the time. At least I still got my Daniel Bryan toys. He's going to wrestle everybody. Everybody. He's going to win every (laughs) title, too. He's going to win the Divas title. I got the old school hardcore belt. He's going to win that one, too. From Road Dog. It's epic. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be, I, I would love it if Daniel Bryan started working backstage and booking matches and, 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 and doing that, like with Dean Malenko and, and uh, Joey Mercury and all that, Arn Anderson do. I think Daniel Bryan would be great booking matches. But going back to your point about how it was just such a, I think for all of us, it's like that moment in WrestleMania, right? Yes. It's that culmination on ending on top. Yeah. Do you, do you just... Is that too? Do you, is it too much at that point? Or are you just do you no, walk I mean, out you, and work, glory? I mean, if you're working backstage booking matches, it's not like you're affecting your career at all. Well, but then if you pull a Joey Mercury, they were on air for a hot. Stint. Well, I probably wouldn't put Daniel Bryan D and B security. Like I don't think <laughs> I'm not quite ready for that. I meant more just actual just backstage booking matches. Uh, I think that could be good for Bryan, but we'll see what he does. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he'll be an actor and he'll beat The Rock. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Uh, all right. I mean, do you want to get into a state of wrestling and talk about everything else? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Let me. Uh, what am I going to pass up talking about wrestling? Yeah, let me hit the uh, state of wrestling deal. It's now time for this week's state of wrestling. You know what Daniel Bryan might do? He might become an Uber driver. That's <laughs> that's right. You see. Uh, uh, there's a very easy way that once you get some free time, you can use that free time to make some money. You can become an Uber driver. Uh, we all have those times that when we need a little extra money. Well, I've got a really easy way that you can do it, and that's drive with Uber. It's a smartphone app. It connects riders with drivers. So as a driver, it'll just help you make extra money, and you can drive your own car. It's very, very easy, flexible. You don't have to quit your day job. Uh, you just make more money in your own time, on your schedule. Whenever you're sitting there and your pockets are a little light, you just flip the app on, go for a drive, a few hours here, a few hours there, and boom! It's all going to add up very, very fast. It's easy to get started. Just go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it on your phone right now if you want. Uh, Then, answer a few basic questions about you and your car. Then, get approved. It's very, very easy The third step is to start driving. That's all there is to it. You get in your car, you drive, you turn the app on. They go, hey, could I go here? You go there, you get some cash. It's amazing. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R dot com. 
It's just an option that I thought uh, Daniel Bryan might want to look into. I just figured I'd mention it. It's even easy enough you could do it, Sam. That's right. That's right. Although I don't know who would want to get in a car with me. Um, So, I would say the biggest non-Daniel Bryan thing to talk about is what Brock Lesnar needs to do. First, a pop quiz. What's the pop quiz? Sam. Yeah? Which wrestler has been punched in the mailbox more than anyone in the past year? Well, I was going to say this. Brock Lesnar needs to come out like a monster and be like, Ugh. and then Paul Heyman goes, my name is Paul Heyman. It doesn't get cut off. And I am advocating for the beast, Brock Lesnar, who recently had his testicles removed. And then everybody goes, oh, no. And then it goes, dun, 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 dun. and he's just jumping around. His shorts are way more airy than they used to be because he has no testicles. That's what Brock Lesnar needs to do. That's what I would do if I'd be like, hey, guys, I'd sit in a writer's meeting and be like, what if we have Dean Ambrose give him another low blow at the pay-per-view and then Brock Lesnar turns around and then Paul Heyman just shouts at ringside, we removed his testicles. We removed his testicles. You know, I had the same idea. Absolutely. Removing Brock Lesnar's uh-huh. testicles. It's a, That's, great, it's a great work. I, if Brock's listening, and I know he does, if I was your advocate, Brock, that's what I would do. I would say, champ, here's the strategy going in. We're going to have your testicles removed. Well, that could also lead to another T-shirt design, which let's see the business side of this. Right. Right. It'd be like – yeah, this is what the T-shirt would say. All balls, no testicles. That's yeah. great. That's great because metaphorically he's got balls because that's like guts. Like he, like he's not afraid of anything. He's all balls, no testicles. Brock Lesnar. I would wear that shirt. It said all balls, no testicles. You'd wear that shirt. Totally. You'd probably wear it to work. I would. Girls would be like, oh, tell me more. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, I don't know. I'm very, very, very confused about good guys and bad guys these days because I've had these conversations with you before. Um why? I guess Brock Lesnar's not a bad guy anymore. He's a good guy now. But, like, I enjoyed seeing Dean Ambrose get beaten up because it was like it added, like you said, credibility to Brock Lesnar. Remember last week you were talking about not wanting to see Brock Lesnar get beaten up? And I was like, awesome. He he just leveled Dean Ambrose. That's what he should be doing. But it's like he must have the world's most sensitive testicles. Right. He probably – he must have gotten uh, – I guess when you're that tough. Where do you strike? Yeah, you end up getting hit in the nuts a lot. But, like, the people are loving Dean Ambrose, and I've always had one rule. Boo the guy who hits people in the dick. That's right. You know what I mean? That goes, when I say boo the bad guys, because that is the motto of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, it goes along with everything. It's boo the bad guys. That's what you're supposed to do as a wrestling fan. You boo the bad guys, and that means the testicle thwackers. The one shirt that you were working on said boo the bad guys with an asterisk and then in like a little lower font in italics, mm-hmm. it said that line. Right. Boo the bad guys, asterisk, for kicking people in the testicles. Yeah. It's not right. It's the first The Undertaker, now Dean Ambrose. And this is what happens. The Undertaker is such a locker room leader that he's creating this example, for all, bad example. for all the young guys. And these guys are like, oh, right. I saw The Undertaker do it. I should try this. And it's like Brock Lesnar's testicles. Are, it's a good thing he already has kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not fair. 
You're not Ooh. supposed to do that. Also, they're just pissed because he has that Jimmy John sponsorship. I guess. I also think that I read like, that on the dirt sheets. <laughs> I don't know what dirt. You read the food dirt sheets. <laughs> I know it's like the Jimmy John's gossip board. Um, I also think that, uh, like, why wouldn't Paul Heyman like invest in a high strength jockstrap? Like, he should be wearing a, a protective cup at this point. He keeps getting hit in the nuts. Like, I'd be like, look, Paul. I know you help me strategize. I keep getting my dick kicked in. Like, what What are we going to do about this? It's like a $20 solution. Right, right. We go to Models. Yeah. Like, Paul, I got hit in the nuts again. I got to go to Moe's. Go to Moe's. You go to Dick's Sporting Goods. That might be apropos. He doesn't. I mean, it's it's just it reminds him of too many bad memories. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's too much of a. Sorry, it takes him back there. Okay. It takes him back there. Um, I mean, I did learn the T-shirt thing. That he's not he, – remember last week we were talking that he was just making red T-shirts? No, dude. He's making one for every city. Exactly. They pointed that – we knew that. No, no, no. But that didn't get pointed out to us. The, we give credit to that to the fans because both of us were like, oh, they're red Suplex City shirts. And then we got tweets saying, no, it's Auburn for the city they were in. And then last night he had the Seattle colors. I thought they would just be like, okay, we'll make them in red now. But they're making them for every different sports team colors. Right. Smart. It's very, very smart. Um, yeah, I, uh, I felt very bad for Brock Lesnar. I find myself feeling bad for people to get hit there, but. Well, I also felt bad that Paul Heyman got cut off so rudely by Stephanie last night. Yeah. I'm surprised that went, that didn't go a little further. Where, where are you at now with this triple threat match? Because you had questions last week. Here's the problem. I'm going to throw it back on you. Roman Reigns is now the third biggest star in this match after Raw this week. No, I think they're starting to push uh, the you, the conflict between Reigns and Ambrose is starting to happen. I mean, there's yeah, the, the, there's a conflict there, but Dean Ambrose is a bigger star than Roman Reigns as of this week. I mean, there's you can't the TV time and all the angles fair went to Dean Ambrose. If anything, the conflict between Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose is Dean Ambrose's conflict with Roman Reigns, not the other way around. So that's a Dean Ambrose thing. There's a Dean Ambrose conflict with Brock Lesnar. There's, you know, Dean Ambrose using the balls word on TV. What was that? I I, I think they're, they're – maybe they're just building Dean Ambrose because they're not 100% sure what they're going to do with this triple threat match. I think the idea – I still think Roman Reigns is going to win. But I think that they may be seeing what they can do with Dean Ambrose and flirting with the idea of Dean Ambrose – being the guy. Well, he's also going to be in semi-hometown territory. What do you mean? It's from Cincinnati. It's in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Fastlane. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they know it's a Dean Ambrose crowd. I, th- I would assume so. And see, here's the other thing now. I feel like should Roman Reigns win this match, then the WrestleMania match becomes Brock Lesnar and Ambrose. Ugh. No, I'm not down. Well, I mean, then what, like... It doesn't feel right, huh? Yeah, because so where's your payoff? Unless Dean Ambrose wins the match and Bray Wyatt interferes, and now Dean's won because if Roman wins, there's no... Unless Brock wins and you do Dean versus Roman. Like, the only way... Because there is no rivalry other than they wrestled last year at WrestleMania, like... The Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns thing is not does not feel personal watching TV, right? You see what I mean? Like like Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns are quibbling, and the Dean Ambrose Brock Lesnar beef seems personal. 
But the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar beef, storyline-wise, doesn't seem personal to me. Meaning that after the match, it's over. So the only way that the Dean Ambrose-Brock Lesnar feud doesn't continue is if Dean Ambrose wins the match. And the only way that the Dean Ambrose-Roman Reigns feud... You know what I mean? Like, like. But I also think that's why that Dean Ambrose is having more success right now, <clears throat> is because he puts on a better show. Ben Roman. It, yeah, come on, he's way better. Yeah. In terms of entertainment. Yeah, he is. Um, but it's just it's just interesting because I think a lot of people didn't see it coming because they've been pushing Roman so hard for so long, you know. And now it's like, and they kind of sort of got the formula figured out, but not really. And I don't know. It just feels like. People are now back, like, you know, the people making the decisions in WWE are kind of in love with Dean Ambrose at the moment. And because of that, I think there are new chances of the possibility of him winning this triple threat. And that way, I feel like Dean Ambrose either has to wrestle Triple H or Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm not crazy about either of those. But where else do you go? I don't know. Right? And I don't know where, I mean... At the same time, it feels like they're building Bray Wyatt stronger and stronger and stronger, theoretically, for a Brock Lesnar match. I got a little confused with the Ryback interaction, though. What do you mean? I didn't know if that was going to be taken – like, how long are they going to ride that out for? I think just through Fastlane. I mean, he's beaten him, like, twice now, right? I mean, it's he beat him clean on Raw. WrestleMania will have something very fresh. I don't think you Wyatt's. I th- I had, Bray, at least. I had thought it was going to be a Brock Lesnar-Bray thing. But, you know, you have to find your way. And you can what, still get there. What's the latest on the Braun Strowman push? Well, I don't know. He's still getting pushed. No he, new happenings? Not that I've heard, but he's still he's still getting pushed. And the Wyatts are being made to look very strong. Very strong. So there's obviously something in mind. I'm anxious to see. I think it'll be really cool. And I think it's fun that we're getting to fast lane and we are kind of up in the air a little bit about what exactly is going to happen. We think we know the WrestleMania main event. We think it's Roman Reigns versus Triple H. But it could, honestly, this is one of the few times where in this triple threat match, it could go any of the three ways. There is a world where Triple H Roman, Triple H Dean, and Triple H Brock all exist. I don't want to do another triple threat. Yeah, At no. WrestleMania, I want Triple H versus somebody else one-on-one, and I think you can have a nice build to that, and Triple H is great at building stories like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, if you had to put your money on one of them winning today, who do you put your money on? All of the money that you have, by the way. You're going to be broke if you lose. And your house and your stuffed goat. All of it is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I won't get married, because I'm not willing to bet half my stuff that I'll love someone forever. Boom! Yeah. Uh, Brock. You have Brock as the winner. Come on, man. Mm. You're going to tell me that on Raw, just a few weeks before Fastlane, yeah. Ambrose can't get anything in but a low blow, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell me he's going to turn around and win? I have to tell you this. Go ahead. I have Roman and Dean Ambrose both more likely to win this match than Brock Lesnar. I see Triple H versus Brock Lesnar being the least likely of those three main events. Okay, I I get to refresh. I I think. It's, <laughs> well, I'm thinking about. How I don't want to lose the stuffed thing. goat. Yeah, it's the only thing I care about is the goat. <laughs> okay, maybe the giraffe. Right. Uh 
I think it's going to be Reigns Triple H. It's a be- it's a better headliner. Okay, so now you got Roman Reigns winning this match. My whole of Brock attitude Lesnar. for WrestleMania is more. I, I, I skew it more mainstream. I really do. Well, I mean, and the same for Hall of Fame. And we've if, talked about this. If you're skewing it mainstream, how is Roman Reigns? Because I think that's a way better billboard. Than Brock Lesnar, Triple H? A guy that you don't know who he is versus Triple H versus Brock Lesnar versus Triple H? Now you're, now you're H? messing with my head. If you're looking for a mainstream match, Brock Lesnar versus Triple okay, H. Tri- then I keep my original answer. But that match has already happened at WrestleMania. But I keep my original answer. Okay. All right. Because Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns obviously happened last year. And you remember. Oh, gosh. Triple H Brock Lesnar happened a few years ago. We were at these events. Well, half not, of them. Not the Triple half H one. Mm. I, yeah. It's tough. Although it's I tough think Sam. I was. Wasn't Triple H Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 29? That was in New York. You were at that one. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah. Go ahead. What's your hypothesis mm. here? I would say Brock. Fantasy booking. Brock Lesnar's the least likely to win. In this moment, based on coming off of Raw this week, I have Brock Lesnar the least likely to win the match. Brock Lesnar is going to come out of fast lane either wrestling Bray Wyatt or wrestling Dean Ambrose. And that depends on whether Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose wins at fast lane. That and, and by the way, going back to that whole home crowd thing or hometown thing, do you think that they're going to let they've been amping up Reigns so much now and now they're going to put him under in Dean Ambrose's hometown? People are going to be pissed, man. If they put people, if, if Reigns wins that, that's what I mean. So they put him over. No, Ambrose they put over. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't see how you get out of this alive at the moment with Roman Reigns winning. I, I just can't. I don't see it. I see where you'd want Roman Reigns versus Hunter at WrestleMania, but I just because you've added now this step, I don't see. How you get past this step alive with Roman Reigns on top. You know, it's almost like if you wanted to build Roman Reigns. It's a odd scenario. It is, because Roman Reigns was, you know, we were hungry after, what was the pay-per-view that he, uh, that he was badass at? Was that TLC? Yeah, it was TLC in Boston. After TLC, when he kicked the crap out of Triple H, remember that? We were Fantastic. there. Everybody was clamoring for a Roman Reigns-Triple H match. I mean, people loved Roman Reigns. You remember when Roman Reigns won the world title in Philly, they were cheering for him. So for those two nights, Roman Reigns was back to where he needs to be. But he's not there now. He's closer to where he was before that now than being there. He's not not where he needs to be. Um, And I think you could have built a Triple H-Roman Reigns match coming out of that. But when you have a triple threat between Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar, based on the way that match has been built, I can't at the moment give you a rationale to how Roman Reigns wins that match and everybody's alive. I feel like Dean Ambrose might go to the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, my gosh. I think there is a possibility of that happening. It's just this is craziness. Isn't that crazy? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It's not a negative thing. It's it's insane, Sam. It's really good. It's insane. To finally allow somebody that's actually getting cheered and new. You're acting like he's like the next Daniel Bryan of this scenario. It's not. It's he's not. He's the he's one of the few if good guys. If you said last year in this exi- is they you'd see Ambrose Triple H 
at WrestleMania. Would you believe that? Well, that's the point, isn't it? That's what I, that's what it means see, to build new stars. You're backing me into a corner on this one. Yeah. I don't think he's at that level. No, but how do you get somebody to that level if that's the attitude? You got to work it, man. And that's what they're doing. I mean, it's he's too fast. It's who, too fast. Of a who got more up. cheers than Dean Ambrose on Raw this week? New Day. Mm, I mean, but New Day actually it, got booed pretty heavily, right? <laughs> and New Day's in their spot anyway. New Day's exactly where they should be. But who got more cheers? Who's what good guy gets more cheers than Dean Ambrose? Thank you. So, hmm. when you're in a position where you need to build people. You need to have stars. You got a month and a half before WrestleMania. Maybe you take the time to move Roman Reigns down a peg and move Dean Ambrose up a peg. And what that does is it allows people to miss Roman Reigns and maybe start to like him again. And it gives Dean Ambrose this chance to be the guy. They need it. You need to keep building stars. You have to. I mean, they're not. And you have to. And if it, you have to do it with a few people because it's not going to work for everybody. And you have to notice it. I mean, you know, look, maybe Dean Ambrose isn't uh, the rock or stone cold, but he's, he's at least Mick Foley of this era. And Mick Foley got his chance to win the world title. He was great. Mick Foley's one of my favorites of all time. So, and who knows, by the way, Dean Ambrose has the potential to be Huge. Huge. I prefer him to put on a pair of tights. But he has the potential (laughs) to be huge. I've said that from the beginning. When The Shield debuted, when they debuted their first night on Raw, their first interview, Dean Ambrose was the standout. 100%. Now, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns came a long way in in the meantime. But Dean Ambrose is a standout player. Um... You know, I'm not saying I predict that he will win, but at this moment, I don't see how you don't go to WrestleMania with Dean Ambrose, Triple H. And maybe next week before Fastlane, I will. And I'll say, actually, here's what we're going to do. And what's the Brock Lesnar match at uh, maybe? Bray. Right. And, and that's how you get there. You say to me, well, he just laid out everybody. Then Roman? Um, Andre Battle Royal? We're thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, put him against 30 people again, 29. Well, I That'd mean, yeah, and that's the other thing. Who's Roman? See, the, here's the problem. This is why I struggle. The story with Triple H is Roman's story. So the story that needs to be told at WrestleMania with Triple H is the Roman story. It's Roman and Hunter. That's the story. But the story that we're watching has Dean Ambrose as the standout. So that's where everything gets confused because Roman doesn't have another person to go to. If Triple H is booked for WrestleMania against Dean Ambrose, there isn't a storyline for Roman to fall into. So maybe we find out that that it's going to be Dean and Brock. Dean Ambrose is going to have a high-profile match at WrestleMania this year. He's, He's going to. He's going to. And, you know, this happened before. There were, when there are injuries, Dean Ambrose benefits from it. Last time when he started getting pushed real big, there were a couple of injuries. I think Daniel Bryan was out and one other guy was out. And all of a sudden, Dean was looked at as one of the top guys. Now he's being pushed even further. 
because we don't have John Cena or Seth or Cesaro or Sheamus or whoever. You know, all these guys are out. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It could go a lot of different directions, but I'm anxious to see. Uh, it was cool to see the Dudley boys turn heel. Um, I don't think that that will end up. I don't think they're going to be a hugely impactful bad guy tag team. I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing. But it's not bad to see them on the bad guy side. And it, and it, and it spices up the story a little bit. What did you think of that? I like that. I also like the welcome back Sin Cara. Sin Cara back in action. With his much more famous tag team partner, Kalisto. Much more famous. Yes. Yes. Um, also, we should... Ma- By the way, the other thing about about good guys, like, I saw a good guy give a low blow, and I saw a good guy beat a bad guy by putting his feet up on the ropes. Oh, Refgate strikes again. Strikes again. Dolph Ziggler's entire body was on the ropes. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, waist down, he was outside the ring. That was pretty bad. Ziegler. Dolph Ziegler, do you think that – see, Dean Ambrose is still the Intercontinental Champion, isn't he? Yeah. What else would it be? Uh, yeah, right? He didn't get beat. He just doesn't carry the belt with him that much, it feels like. Yeah, uh, that's really weird that you asked that. We're both confused. Right, because he wasn't focused on because now – Well, I have a memory like a fish. You're a lot better at this than right. I Right. See, that Dean Am- – that, that's what I mean. And I think they've done it before. But Dolph Ziegler, Kevin Owens right now, that should the Intercontinental title should be in play in that. Yeah. But I think I think all the injuries and they've kind of I don't think they foresaw I think Dean was more the IC guy and and maybe they didn't foresee that they would need a top guy and now he's now he's up there. Um so that's interesting. But I guess they're going to keep going with this Kevin Owens Dolph Ziegler thing. And I, I think it's just an excuse for uh Kevin Owens to mess up Michael Cole's stuff every week. <laughs> I think somebody's just getting a just getting a kick out of it. They're just ribbing Michael Cole every week. Um we should mention that we lost an ECW original this week. Axel Rotten passed away. Uh, Axel, uh, I think that he he was on one of the one night stand pay per views, but he was a he was a a, a pretty big deal uh, in the original ECW. He uh, wrestled a lot of death matches with Ian Rotten, and then towards the end of ECW, uh, Axel and Balls Mahoney were one of their top tag teams. And, I mean, as a teenager, very few things cooler than Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney coming to the ring together. It was awesome, just hitting people with chairs and stuff. It was great to see. So, you know, I know he's going through troubles, or I think he was going through troubles. I've never met him before. But condolences to Axel Rotten, and it's always uh, it's never good to hear one of the soldiers have fallen in this world of pro wrestling. Condolences indeed. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know what's really interesting? Tell me what you think about this. This happened on Tuesday WWE retweet on Instagram, re-Instagrams a photo from The Rock's Instagram. It's a photo of The Rock working out. You know what The Rock is wearing while he works out? Mm. A big Lucha Underground t-shirt. And it's on WWE's Instagram. No way. Yep. I don't know if, if they think that's not a big deal. My gut is they didn't realize that it was a Lucha Underground shirt. I mean, it's a giant Lucha Underground logo. Okay, let's play which one's worse. That Mm -hmm. or um, (laughs) Saturday night when they periscoped the breast Brock Lesnar. His back. Yeah, I think, uh, but I think sometimes that happens when you remove the testicles, you start to grow breasts. So that might have been part of the gimmick. 
They did. WWE sent out one of their text alerts that said, The breast is back. Brock Lesnar <laughs> invades. And it's like, oh, guys. <laughs> Spell check. Like, what are you doing? Spell check was like, that's cool. Yeah, that's a word. Done. Just give it a read over. Give it a once over before you send it out, you know? <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Well, Katie. Uh, it's been real. I always appreciate you joining me. Uh, anything, anything we missed or did we hit it all? You did a lot. You did very another, another good good job this week. Sam. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed uh, all the Dan- the two Daniel Bryan interviews that I aired at the top of the show. You can find them on YouTube if you go to YouTube. If you just Google YouTube uh, Daniel Bryan Sam Roberts, you can find those. As I think I interviewed him four or five times, and you'll be able to find uh, the one that Katie and I did together. You remember last year WrestleMania. at WrestleMania? So uh, you'll be able to find all those. On YouTube, as well as the most recent one that I did for this podcast uh, that's up there. That was when his book came out. Uh, so check all those on the YouTube page. You can get to Katie Linendahl's stuff at Katie Linendahl on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can go to katie.show. You can type that into iTunes or you can type that in as a URL and you can get her uh, amazing podcast. So Thanks. It's all good. It's all good. Katie, until next time. Chowski. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.